You're listening to the Influential Conversations podcast with Industry Influencer of the Year, Kirk Stafford and guests. Proudly brought to you by Tappy, helping property managers deliver a world-class maintenance experience to their landlords and tenants and save 40% of their time processing maintenance requests. Box Brownie, the innovators in property photography. Have a look at their new product, Snap, Snap, Snap. This is the brand new phone app designed specifically for real estate agents, which allows you to shoot professional quality photographs straight from your phones. Inspection Express, they're the market leader in property inspection reporting and digital signature property documentation, giving you a seamless approach to the way that you manage properties, as well as Agent Dynamics, the market-leading team development ecosystem to help you nurture, grow, and retain your property teams since 2014. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stafford. Well, hello there, and welcome to another in the series of Influential Conversations. And this time I'm joined by the wonderful Laura Shooter from SJ Shooter Real Estate in Dubbo. Laura's got a really interesting background, and I'm going to get you to talk about that in a second, Laura. But there's you and Samuel, your two kids, plus you're running a business that you started seven and a half odd years ago from the bedroom. You've now grown it really well, you know, 500 plus properties under management, six property management staff, plus also support staff. How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, actually, though, let's, let's, let's start at the beginning. How did you get into this mad world of property management? Yeah, well, I feel very lucky to have found my way here because I, the real estate industry, I've really fallen in love with, to be honest. So, uh, but I was uh, happily working away uh, at child protection at the time when my husband decided that it seemed like a good idea to uh, start a real estate agency. And so I thought, okay, like my my take was, yeah, good for you, Sammy. Um, I'll support you in that. Uh, but really, I was we we're in the middle of having kids at the time, um, and I after my maternity leave, I'd go back to work, which I did for a while. But then when he started the property management side of the business, because before I worked in child protection, I worked in public housing. And okay. I thought, oh, there was probably some things I learned there that might help get it sort of set up and I can get it set up and we can have, you know, team run it and I'll go back to my job in child protection. But what I, I guess what I learned felt slowly but probably relatively quickly it was like this slow painful thing is that actually being in business is really hard and property management isn't as easy as it looks and um (laughs) so but I did really come to love being in business I really liked so I'd really worked for the state like I'd worked for the state government for a long time and it is clunky very procedural like very heavy like top heavy um Yeah, and it's very it's bureaucratic, like, isn't it? Government. Yeah, yeah, the cogs turn slowly and change happens slowly, whereas in business we're a lot more nimble so we could like think things, do things, try things, fail, <laughs> succeed, um, whatever. So you either make money or lose money, you do it again or don't do it again. So, so yeah, I quite enjoyed that being in business, but it was a big change from um, working in a large bureaucratic organisation. And then, yeah, the next thing was I, I really found that the real estate industry was full of amazing people doing um, great things in their communities. Uh, there's so much wonderful training, a lot of generous people willing to kind of share with you. And so I really love learning. So it was just such a rich, um, rich environment for me to 
leaning on my love of learning and um, yeah, keep keep going with it. Yeah, and it is. Look, it's it, you said it before. You know, it's you know, it, it's it's a mad industry, and it's it's but it's also a really rewarding industry. And we we come across so many people in our day. I'm guessing from with your background, you started with the public housing and then moving into child protection. There would have been a a great difference in the clientele that you were dealing with in your former roles to what we now see is the private rental market uh, and and the clients that we deal with there. But those skills would have been amazing because you're dealing with people who would have been quite distressed, I think, in a lot of cases, and trying to navigate through those and bringing that skill through into into the private market, that would have been a, a huge benefit for you. I was just, it was a big advantage. So there was a lot of really good training in the public sector around dealing with people in difficult situations. We're not dealing with difficult people. We're dealing with people in difficult situations. And mm. I think what that background has made me really mindful of is just how much advantage that I've had in my life just through things that I didn't get to choose or decide, like I was born into a stable, loving home, I've only had men in my life who have been loving and nurturing. All these things have given me so much advantage that compared to people who have lived with um, generational trauma, um, abuse, um, different things. And I, I think like, and but we're, we're working in the industry of shelter, which is a basic fundamental human need and right and I think um, seeing those differences has really given me a lens of like okay well and even moving house is a traumatic experience it's like up there on the 10 big 10 lists of major life events that can (laughs) cause trauma so I I think um, I really like to look at how um, how we make sure we're still seeing people as people um, to try and stay away from this sort of butting heads kind of conflict and and remember that you know, we don't all start from the same place and um, to, yeah, sort of use that, really use your empathy and understanding about people. And it's made me really quite, I guess, <laughs> I like to use the word passionate, what's a better word? I've it, it's, it's compelled me to be more vocal around the housing shortage issues um, mm. that we've been seeing. So I, I have really tried to just put out there my perspective which I find really hard I don't I don't like kind of getting out and being noisy and and look and I I have had some feedback from people about that um but it's fine because my experience and and seeing that different like this cohort of people who don't have all the advantages that we have and I can just see how negatively this is going to impact their ability to secure shelter which is such a fundamental need so I've I've been I felt quite compelled to to put out the my perspective on those things and yeah I remember that article that that you wrote was that a couple Mm. of months ago now was that beginning of this year um yeah wow that's that's great because it's coming from somebody okay yes they're in the industry and they may be seen as having a particular industry view but you've got such an immense background in, in 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 the public sector that you you really got a, a good straddling of both sides of it, and mm. I think you, you said before about being you know sort of compelled that, that I think that compassion actually comes through. And yes, we are in a situation where it's a very difficult situation, and we've got to find a way to to navigate that. And I think at some stage, look, you know, 
uh, without wanting to get into the, the politics of it, government's got to step up because they're relying on the private sector to do all the heavy lifting at the moment, and that's creating mm. conflict at a time when people are looking at the legislation that's being you know sort of instituted in in, in most states and going, well, that's too onerous. So we've mm. got this pressure on the marketplace. Really, these policies are creating, yeah, um, or exacerbating. Mm. in a time when there's already a shortage. So it's going yeah. to be interesting to see how that plays uh, plays out. It is. And in New South Wales, sorry, in New South Wales, we're coming into a state election and I get quite frustrated by how that rhetoric around the evil, the evil real estate agent and the greedy landlord and all those mm. things. So I another like and, and I think that it's it's really heating up in election because like you've mentioned, the government wants to distance themselves from the possibility that maybe maybe they had a bigger part to play in, in the housing situation and to kind of put the heat on real estate agents and landlords and uh, it is kind of a more convenient thing. And yeah. the other thing, like they're really cracking down on this like rent bidding um, mm-hmm. in New South Wales. So there's, there was a story in the news handing out fines for property managers where they've maybe appeared to be encouraging people to accept yeah. higher offers. But I'm like, well, really, do you, do you just want agencies to put the prices way up to avoid this possibility? If you have the means to get the thing you want by offering more money, why wouldn't you? And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think that property managers are doing their best in a difficult situation yeah. that they didn't create. And That's I was, right. yeah, quite distressed yeah. by that approach. And, oh, um, look, and yeah, look, we are we're an easy target. You know, yeah. the, the investment community, uh, particularly when it's something as fundamental as housing, you know, is is a really easy target. And the media love it because it's great headline making. Mm. Politicians love it because it takes the heat off them. But at some stage, there's going to be a reckoning. And look, we'll just have to 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 see how that actually transpires. I mean, I've, I've got to be around Keynesian economics where. Uh, that you know, it is a government responsibility to to ensure that everyone is housed, or everyone that wants to be housed is is housed, because mm. there's still that tiny cohort that go, well, we want to live outside of the system. Yeah, it's not illegal but, to be homeless. Yeah, that's right. What are some of the challenges outside of that? What are some of the challenges you've faced within the business, but also with 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 uh, managing the team and managing the portfolio? What what are some of the bigger challenges you've had in there? Mm. I think. Probably because we started from startup mode, so we started from with zero properties and and grew it um, one at a time, really. And yeah. uh, so what that means is you're constantly at a different place in the business. And I guess it's like that anyway. Even for established business, is always different. But as we've grown and hit different milestones, there's constantly something that needs tweaking, adjusting, moving, and it's trying to help myself know that it's, it doesn't mean that I was doing it wrong it just means I have more information now and mm. we can do something else and also helping the team to come on that journey as well it's like it's okay that we need to change something tweak something shift something because there's there's constantly this shifting that needs to yeah. happen as we're growing so um, and we did make a an acquisition throughout that so um when we were sort of around that 200 properties, we brought on um, another sort of 250 odd properties. Um, yeah. So that was a that was a really big shift, and I think that's really where we went from startup mode to scale up proper business yeah. mode. And they're they're two very different modes, I would say. And so yeah, just trying to and, and you only you learn from experience, unfortunately. So um, and as you're saying, uh, it's like. 
you know, deeply disgusted to learn that in order to get good at a thing, you have to do it badly first. So, um, so I think just being okay with getting some things wrong, taking responsibility for what I know now and doing, doing better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also, and, and you, you, you touched on it before because you said you've got this, this, this bent for lifelong learning and, and that's what we do in business. We, we try things and some of them will work and work brilliantly the first time, but the majority of them, we've got to look at, we've got to start to to tweak or we've got to, uh, and, and I think, I forget who, who it is, I think it's uh, Six Sigma um, scaling is you, know, you learn to fail fast. Mm. So when something isn't working, you go, okay, let's find something that will. Let's get rid of that. And it can be a piece of technology. It can be a particular process. And it's, yeah. it's getting your head around that that idea that it, it's actually okay not to be welded on to any particular idea. Yeah, um, and this is something that I say to the team too. It's like, I hold really tightly to our objective, which is to be a landmark real estate agency, to equip people at pivotal moments of their life and to to do a, I guess, effectively do a great job. But how we get there, I'm very loosely tied to. So hold tight to the objective, hold loosely to the method. And it's not not the method that makes us great. It's our commitment to the objective. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's having the objective but it's being able to vary the execution towards or the execution of the plan towards that. And it's it's, it's really a, a good way to go about it. Look, I'm guessing that with any business there are there are some pretty tough times. And I mean, we, we all face challenges in our, in our businesses and date from a day-to-day point of view, but even on a, on, a, on a wider scale. Where have you gone yourself to get inspiration and influence when things do really get tough for you? Where, where have you found that? Just that little push to keep going. Is it a, is it books, podcasts? Is it talking to anyone in particular? How have you managed to, you know, keep your head straight when everybody else seems to be losing? <laughs> I I will say uh, Sam McLean from Elite Agent has really helped me so much um, mm. with firstly the Transform program. That's how I got to meet her. So that program itself was really so important for me and and then she's sort of followed up with me a couple of times Um, we've we've had chats when I've been a bit overwhelmed with things and that's been super helpful Um, so and then in addition to that some other industry connections so people I've met at conferences that we just text each other Um, like I I won't mention them because I'm sure to leave someone off but I I have this wonderful um, group of other business owners who I know I can message talk to when when I'm just feeling a bit like Oh, why do yeah. I bother? <laughs> so, <laughs> why am I doing this? Um, and actually, the, on that, something similar that I do, and and I think the the things that really get on top of me the most, if I'm being really honest, is when we have staff like team challenges. They're the things that really deeply, deeply to my core distress me, and and Samuel yeah. as well. Um, like client issues are one thing and they can be really hard and challenging and intense, but it's it's when it's the team stuff that's getting on. Mm. I'm just like, oh, man, like this is so hard. Why are we doing this? And we actually, sounds kind of bleak, but at the same time it's really helpful. We kind of say to ourselves, well, you know what, we don't have to do this. We are we are choosing to do this, and we we know real estate now. Um, and Samuel's a phenomenal sales agent. Um, he's got um, a real natural aptitude um, that makes him great at that. So we could go and do that anywhere, and just go and sell properties. We know the formula. Um, yep. We don't have to worry about all this, but we actually know that our heart is for people and for growing people. 
And if we were to abandon ship here, we'd just go and do it somewhere else anyway. I know we'd start out, we'd be like, yes, we're just here to sell a few properties. But then we're like, no, we really want to grow people and and do that. So, so and, and really, I guess coming back to that heart, which is, which is a heart that loves people and loves our team and goes, okay, I have to just get back on top of stuff for myself. And it really is that put your own life, your own oxygen mask oxygen on mask. first so <laughs> not, not life mask but I guess it's similar yep. uh so so there's some things that I do to try and take care of myself to get myself back in the mode so I can be mm-hmm. who the team needs me to be and my most recent one is like riding my ripstick whilst listening to music so I don't know if you know a ripstick it's like this two-wheeled skateboard um, I was about to ask because I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> probably completely bamboozled by that. <laughs> so it's a two-wheeled skateboard. Your feet are on different platforms and it's joined by this little cylinder shape that pivots. And so you, oh. can, kind of, you can kind of do this action and it propels you forwards. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe akin to snowboarding, the sensation and the feeling that you get. So I started that late last year after I had too much energy after coming back from Thailand doing the bike ride and um, I'd always wanted to learn one of my kids were learning to ride their bike so I thought it like without training wheels so I thought it was good for them to see me not doing very well at something while they were also having to push through that it's hard to learn so it's quite hard to learn once you've got it it's it's quite fun so anyway as I've got more proficient at it being able to just go out at the end of the day after the kids go to bed and ride my ripstick up and down the street while I listen to music. And if it's been a hard mm-hmm. day, it'll be emo music. If it's been a good day, it'll be energetic music. <laughs> um, and yeah. just do that has has actually been a, a, a super way. I've never thought of you as an emo music listener. Oh, I, I listen to all the music, <laughs> lots of emo music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots, lots of uh, like energetic said, just, music yeah. as well. Yeah, and a lot of it is mood driven. I know that you know, my musical um, tastes or, or inclinations change depending on the the sort of mood that I'm in. But a ripstick's you know that's 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 a great way because that's expending energy as well, yeah. and the music's just helping you helping you switch off, which is something yeah. I think that we all really need. You know, we need yeah. to get away from from this thing, this you know, yeah. mobile and phone, think, and just yeah. throw away. The music, the music for me is partly escape but it's also partly leaning into the feeling of it and you know they say feel it to heal it so music is a big way for me to really lean into what I'm feeling so Mm -hmm. that I can move through it and I think the fact that I'm moving my body when I'm doing it the good thing about the ripstick like if I lose focus you will fall off I won't show you but I have quite a giant bruise on my hip at the moment because I was writing and I just got distracted by something I was trying to look around at something else and um, and it's just like bang I'll show you this bit this is a slight Left oh, okay, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so and that needing to be single focused and it's the feeling of being connected to my body and just listening to what's going on and, yeah, anyway, yeah. it's been yeah. a surprise, great joy in my life. Yeah, well, that's great. <laughs> but that's that's really interesting because that's something I talk about in some of my sessions as well when I'm talking about mindset and, and resilience and what have you is that, you know, switching everything else off and just focusing on the one task. I mean, you I think everybody knows I'm a skier, so I, I, I relate it back to that. I'm, I'm looking at where my next three or four turns are. So you're not thinking. You know, work doesn't come into it because once work comes into it, you end up having a stack a la last week with you and you, 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 you lose your focus. And that's, that's yes. really important that we focus on other stuff rather than, than just work. Are there any other things that you do that 
uh, that, that help you with that that switching off or, or just finding that inspiration from, from other sources? Yeah, so uh, podcasts are huge and listening to audiobooks. I do have a hard time sitting and reading an actual book. I, I try, mm. <laughs> but um, mostly I listen. And so I try to go for a bike ride on a Sunday. Uh, yep. So when I go for my bike ride, I listen to podcasts. And when I was training for the for the hands across the water ride, I listened mm-hmm. to lots of lots of podcasts. And I like ones that really challenge my thinking, my my view. So one that I really enjoyed was the Man Enough podcast um, by um, anyway Justin Barberini, yep. Jamie Heath, and Liz Plank. Uh, it was really good. It just gave me some stuff that was way outside my frame of reference, and I, I found that so good. Um, of course, there's industry podcasts that I like to listen to, but I think I um, I really enjoyed uh, also Julie Masters' podcast was really great, yep. um, Inside Influence. Um, so, yeah, just some things that really, like, challenge and, and about some of the gritty kind of, like, mm-hmm. real-life stuff. Yeah, and not, things not, that not expand your thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've got, you can't see it behind the screen here, but I, I've got a, a, a bit of a library there and, you know, just I, I'd like to say I've, been, I've read every one of them thoroughly and diligently, but just walking into the room here, I feel smarter that they're all there. <laughs> yeah. There, some of this stuff that you get out of these, and, and I go right back, I, I go right back to the very, very beginning of Dale Carnegie's book, uh, and that, that was just How to Win Friends and Influence, but that is that is still the seminal work. People it's still, still, it's still a classic. I still recommend it to people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so do I. So do I. Yeah. There's been so many that have come out. I mean, that was, I think that was written in 1929 or somewhere around about that. So it's it's been around a long, long time, and people have tried to do better, but it's it's still the work I think that started the, a, a lot of this self development self development movement. Yeah. Mm. So what's next for you guys? What do you what do you, what do you got in in the in the pipeline? Say the next three to five years. I think is really um, continuing to uh, focus on what we're doing here. So we don't mm-hmm. have plans to do anything outside of Dubbo. Really, um, yeah. it's really just double down on what we're doing. Uh, keep mm-hmm. keep focusing on the team and the processes. And um, so Samuel. Is he's got um, a couple of sales assistants that are with him, so his big focus is really helping them to, you know, learn the ropes and uh, be able to be out there listing and selling as well. Uh, and for me, really just making sure that the property management team have what they need mm-hmm. to reach that next horizon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you seem to be. I mean, look, you know, you, you, as I said, okay, you, you you had an acquisition which doubled your, your your business. You've had to scale up from that, and that takes a a big mental shift, a really really big mental shift. And obviously, you would have had to bring more more team members in with that as well. How do you handle them when they have challenges? What 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 advice do you give them when they're facing their own challenges, whether it's within the work environment or when something's bleeding over from from home into work because there's when people talk about this work-life balance which implies that you've got to give equal to both but it's actually not it's a it's a blending that I've found what have you found with your team has has been the most helpful for them it's a good question I I catch up with our um so our sort of key leaders in the property management team but really it's about like listening. So for me, I like listen to where they're at. I ask questions about where they're at and ask them what they need from me because it's it's not it's not and, and this is this is came from Michael Shegold. This is a, a good tip. It's not how can I 
how what do you need from me to do what you're trying to do it's more like he says it much more eloquently but it's like how can I support you for you to do your plan so it's like helping Mm -hmm. them get clarity on what they're doing but keeping the responsibility with them to do Mm -hmm. what they need to do so I'm not trying to achieve the plan for them I'm trying to equip and resource them so that they can do what they need to do to reach their plan. So just keeping that open discussion, also being open to feedback myself. Like we've just had a conversation this morning. I'm actually going to sit back with our property management team. I've been away for a while. I'm coming back until the end of June. And I said, but because I'm kind of aware, I'm kind of allergic to structure and consistency, which is can be quite unhelpful, which is why I moved away because Mm. the leaders that we have in there are really strong on those things and I didn't want to like it's tempting for me to jump in and meddle with things um so I I physically remove myself but stay very connected but I I said to them okay I'm coming back because I think there's some things that I'm good at that are going to help us get to that next horizon said but I really want you to tell me it's helpful when and it's mm-hmm. unhelpful when. <laughs> so, and um, to please say to me, and so the first thing one of them said was, okay, no clinkers chocolate, no blocks of clinkers chocolate because I get a bit <laughs> hyperactive and distracting. So I'm like, okay, deal. No yeah, clinkers yeah. chocolate on work hours. Um, so, um, and we've brought in some things to just help really keep that focus. I think distractions are probably the the biggest killer. Yeah. Um, so we've brought in a bit of, you know, open office distraction hygiene protocols that we've all committed mm. to, which of course are a little bit fun and and have a theme. So we've got superhero capes. Um, so it's like superhero time. If someone's wearing their cape, you don't distract them. I've also brought in some pirate hats because we're using a bit of a um, ship analogy for our crew and our team and yep. heading to that next mm. horizon. So someone's got their pirate hat on, no interruptions. And also I've, I've brought in this little toy pirate gun and so, you know how sometimes it's like a little distraction and then it like snowballs into this whole of team all in yep. distraction that kind mm-hmm. of no one quite knows how to end. Um, so I said, you just shoot the gun in the air and that means wrap it up in 30 seconds. So it's like I, I want a feeling where people, you know, are happy to chat with each other and can talk about things, but we've got to be yep. really strong on our distraction hygiene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's a big thing because we do get pulled off course as property managers on a really regular basis, but it's a matter of having that structure around, I'm, I, I need to focus on this right now, or almost getting to the, the point of everybody has the ideal day or the ideal week so that their plan is already set up for them. And you almost need to, you know, in fact, I, I forget who said this to me, it was a while ago, I said, I almost feel like taping my ideal day to my back. So people just sort of run down and go, they want to talk to me and go, see that I'm on the phone. They go, oh, okay, all right, well, they're free around, you know, 2 o'clock. But in between now and then, don't start, don't don't disturb me. Yeah, yeah. And and another little thing that I've, that we've sort of talked about is if you're, if someone's in the middle of typing, interrupting them in that moment is akin to interrupting someone who's in the middle of talking. So that's just, and like, you just don't think of that stuff. Like, it doesn't seem like a big deal. No one's poorly intentioned with that. Like, it seems like a good moment to, they're just doing emails. But it's like, mm-hmm. you're like, you're in a conversation with someone while you're typing. And it's really like, whoa, like to get pulled out of that is like, oh, wait, yeah. okay, what? And then you kind of come back here and you're like, okay, what? So yeah, yeah just, just, just some little things like that. So yeah, just yeah. that. And I think it's helpful. So I'm like, if they're typing, they're talking. Don't interrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's a really good analogy. I like that. That's 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 a really good one because we do 
tend to you know, look at, oh, they're not doing anything really. It's just, you know, they're just typing something out. It might be a, you know, it, 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 it could be a response that they really need to be focusing on to someone who's got some really serious questions to, to, to be answered. Nobody emails you just for fun. Nobody contacts yeah. us in our day just to say hi or really, really, really. Look, Laura, I reckon that's a really good point to leave it on. And I'm really, really deeply appreciative of your time this morning. It's been fabulous having you on the on the, on the podcast. So thank you so very much from, from me. And I'm sure that anyone listening to this will have got quite a great deal out of it. I've got a couple of things. I want to go back to a couple of bits in there early on and then as we kept going, there's a couple of things in there I want to go back and, and, and pull some notes out of. So we might see those come up as, as, as part of the, the promo. So, Laura Shooter, thank you again. Look forward to okay. catching up with you soon. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to another podcast in the Influential Conversations series. These are brought to you proudly by Tappy, Box Brownie, Inspection Express and Agent Dynamics. Please be sure to tune in next time for the next in this series.